Good evening and welcome to another Horror Review. Tonight I'm joined once again by Chris and we're going to talk about the cult sci-fi horror Tremors. Released in 1990, the movie tells the story of the natives of a small town and how they defend themselves against strange underground creatures who are killing them one by one. The film was made on a budget of $10 million and brought in $16.7 million at the box office. Um, Welcome back, Chris, and good choice. Good choice, I have to say. I appreciate you having me, man. Yeah, this was this one was great. This was like... Uh, it Basically, it had a very similar premise to uh, Maximum Overdrive or Minimum Overdrive uh, <laughs> that we watched recently, but... Um, it uh it just seemed to be just done better like all the mistakes that that movie had um i feel like uh this one fixed it had more heart it had more humor the characters were likable except maybe for that that one boy in the town yeah <laughs> but it just i feel like it was uh it just did everything better uh than than the other one did God, i think i put his name down um oh uh, god what was his name again they're not uh, put his name down. Oh, the director? No, um, the wee boy's name because he, he just reminded me of the girl out of Jurassic Park. Oh, and I, yeah. I was like, I remember being in the cinema going, Eat her, eat her. <laughs> uh, I will look it up real quick. Yeah, yeah, he was annoying. Oh my gosh, he... it, I, I didn't think he was gonna survive. That they that they had very similar to Maximum Overdrive, where the annoying voice uh, girl uh, survived at the end. Yeah. They, did, they had this boy survived, and, and uh, we wished he didn't. <laughs> yeah, he was just over the top, just irritating me. Point. Yeah, uh, Mel, um, Melvin. Melvin, right? Paid, well, there you go. by There's... Robert Robert Jane. Yeah. God, yeah, what a brat. Just the worst. <laughs> You're just like. Why? And everyone's so tolerant <laughs> of him too, as well. But also, um, what this movie does completely different than most horror monster movies. It's normally in a <clears throat> monster movie you get the the first sneaky kill, you get that one lone individual, and then cuts the the thing. It didn't bother us at all. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Like they, a lot of movies feel like they have to get right to it, and and mm -hmm. this was like a slow build to it. Yep. But I thought I thought it worked well for this because I, I really enjoyed the the friendship between uh, Val and Earl. And, um, you know, I just like that um, they kind of built up. Oh, so he's got a bottom one that she's. Oh, OK. So it's it's a it's a tension. So he gets a cry for help, basically. I can get that. Um, OK. That would make sense to him why the village are so tolerant of him. Then they all understand. Yeah. Because you, you get this real family vibe, and it's uh, like I said, it doesn't jump in just to the okay, let's get the jump scare out of the way and the, the first kill, and then we can carry on. Nope, we're not getting that set up at all, yeah, yeah. Um, and I but... really appreciated that. That's I like characterization, I like it when you get invested in the characters, definitely. These were likable characters for you know, for me. Um, I, I definitely was invested in the friendship between uh. The two main guys, uh, Fred Ward and Kevin Bacon, Val and yeah, Earl. Uh, Val and Earl, yeah. Yeah, and the girl was likable. Like you, there wasn't, there was very few people that you like wanted uh, or didn't mind seeing uh, killed. Like it, it was just like a town coming together and uh, trying to survive something uh, unbelievable. Yeah, you know, and that's, I like um, that. 
that's brilliant because then it makes you then every kill matters. Yeah, matters. even the rogue guys, they were extras, but they mattered. Right, and that's that gives you a different. Uh, and I've been arguing against that before this for a while. It's what I don't like about the slasher genre. It's what I find so boring is these wooden plank characters that are just designed to go plink, 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 plink. Yeah. Um, so my my friend and I watched this one and um, uh, separately, but we had watched Maximum Overdrive together. He feels that it's very similar to that, and I was trying to I was trying to say, although I liked Maximum Overdrive more than you did, um, I did <laughs> like this one a lot more. But I was having a hard time trying to like articulate why. I was wanted to get your take on it. Like, what would you say this did more successfully? Okay, so from the very start, we got to meet the characters. We got to um, let's understand. Stephen King hates humanity. Stephen King hates working class people. All right. So he would have Val and Earl down as just absolute dipshits. That's true. Michael hateful, and they'd be stealing, they'd be doing all sorts. However. These are two simple guys. They're jack of all trades because they've found themselves that they're useful. They fit in with the community. They're not leeches or anything. They're actually an integral part of the community. They're needed. Yeah. Because this is an isolated community, so you can't afford to bring in the plumbing company. You can't have the electrician's company. You can't have the fencing company. Yeah, Just, they did everything. They, I mean, they did everything of that nature. Yeah. And actually... You see as well, they have a relationship. It's not even about the money. You know I mean, they are given enough to live on and they're given a few wee perks, but more importantly, they're respected. Yeah, yeah. They're not like, oh, you're the peasants, you're the, the worker, you're you're here to serve us. It doesn't go like that. And you get yeah. this all built up in the first 10 minutes of the movie and it's brilliant. Absolutely. And I think the beginning of the movie conveys the isolation well, you mm -hmm. know, like it, it, the sprawling landscape and everything like that. It was just much more effective to me than um, even though they were isolated in their their area. I just it wasn't as enclosed as Maximum Overdrive with the diner. Like it, mm -hmm. it just felt, you know, they, they did a good job of conveying that uh, isolation. Yeah. Yeah. But also Rebel had the debate about, OK, I like. uh it's uh, Earl wants to get out of the place. Hit this, and Val's like, "What and give up this freedom?" Yeah, they, they kind of know they have a good for the for the sort of skills that they have, and for the rapport they built to go and do that all over again. Like these aren't big town people. Yeah, you know, I mean they go into a city and kind of be lost. Right, right, right. But there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. You know, what I mean everyone's a it's like a city person would come into this environment and be like. Totally, you know, wouldn't get it. Yeah, it's better to be a big fish in a little pond. Sometime, you know. Yeah, you that's, that's me. And just yeah. to be in the environment as well. You know, I mean, they've they've adapted. They've made the best they can, and they're happy. Yeah, you know, I mean, they're they're bantering with each other. It seems to be this arguments went along since the year dot since they're probably kids at school. Yeah, and that's their relationship, and this is all played out. Exactly. Yeah. And we get to meet the townsfolk, and it's not just a line them all up in a diner. You know, I mean, it's yeah. they're meeting the townsfolk. We'll get Rhonda brought in, where you know, just it's a girl. You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is hilarious. 
<laughs> Plus, it's just someone new, you know. And there's yeah, only well, four, you know, it's there's 14 people in the town. They just get excited when anyone new shows up. Here, if you <laughs> if you knew where I came from, you'd understand. It's it happens. Yeah. <laughs> That's not our DNA. Uh, who are you? <laughs> there's That's legit. Our... There's legit knowledge just like that where I come from. <laughs> That's not our DNA. That's a good... <laughs> it's not a stretch of the imagination. So. Can't say a word, <laughs> but that's what I mean. We're getting these characters, um, we're getting a bit of um depth to them. Right. Where what did you get in Maximum Road Drive? Oh, ex con trying to get through uh, get through life, dipshit boss just being a dipshit for the sake of it. Um, yeah, and nothing really else, you know, everyone's else is just a wooden plank, yeah. A waitress that yells at the machines. We made you. I mean, nothing. There was no like. They weren't. You, it's hard to take them seriously. They weren't very yeah, realistic. That's the difference. Yeah. You take these characters seriously. Yeah. You're invested in them. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then we even get the the threat because let's be honest. If it wasn't for the poster and the you wouldn't know what was going on. Right. I mean, I the like, poster not didn't spelled out. Yeah, I like that aspect um, because they they built it appropriately. Like first, all you know is that um, that one guy who was stuck in um, on the light tower, Edgar. Edgar, yeah, he's the. That's the, the old, first death. Yeah, and that's about you, ten minutes into the movie. All you would know from that, like you said, if you hadn't seen the trailer or the movie poster, is that something scared him on the ground. But that's it. And then, like later on, they the it sucks in the uh, car, so you get that it's you know you know has more capabilities, but mm-hmm. then it takes out all those sheep. Like they built up its abilities each time, which just ramped up the tensions. I thought it, they did that really well. Mm-hmm. Every That's... time you saw the creature, it was they, it was more terrifying than the time before. It could do more. Yeah, and the, the whole gravitas of it. Um, but even the death of Edgar, right? He's he's up a, a an electricity pylon. He's yeah. known as the town drunk. Yeah. And they were just casually, oh, what the hell? And they, even then, it was dealt with gravitas. You know, in Maximum Overdrive, he just, what, got thrown in the bag, dragged into the cellar, and then dragged outside <laughs> to get buried. <laughs> right. Do you mean right, that's right. how they do with their bodies? Where this is like, oh, right, we've got to call the doctor. The doctor. So it means they have put their day aside because this is a, a big thing that's happened. Right. So everything stands still. And now the word of that would have been around the entire community. So even though yeah. they had a job to do, it would have been perfectly understandable. Oh, but Edgar, Edgar's dead. He's he's up there. And um, did you hear he's died of dehydration? I mean, something scared him. It was something waiting for him. It wasn't coyote. You know, and they're all trying to rationalize it. Right. You know, and we've already got that sense of the community that this is a shock. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's uh, that's characterization. You, you can do almost anything. You don't have to have big budget. You don't have to have super effects i mean you don't have to have an ensemble a list actors if you have characterization any story works right right but i i think this movie was also somewhat unique in that i I can't think of another movie before it that had this type of of creature you know something that was hidden underground and, and i thought it was really effective some of the special effects are you know don't quite hold up obviously you know it's it's 33 years later but i don't know to be honest because this is still bloody watchable oh yeah yeah you put you put a 90s like a a mid to late 90s cgi movie on yeah and you'd be dying of cringe 
Yeah. Like we watched um our early two thousand CGI was the worst. Um we watched Midnight Metrian and a particular scene with an eyeball and a CGI and it looks horrendous. Yeah. I mean you're just like going, Oh yeah. Watching this, you're still like, Oh bloody hell, that's a graboid. You know, yeah. and even when the drill, you know, they're they're dealing with a jackhammer. You get you know what I mean. Yeah, I think my sense of it is that the the main creature, the large uh, worm-like creature, mm-hmm. was done really well for the time. I think some of the snake heads that st- stuck out were a little bit cheesy. I think they would have done better if those were just uh, like tongues or something. We I can think... see the sequels. <laughs> oh my! Oh really? <laughs> I haven't, I've never seen the sequel. <laughs> Five portions of uh, cheesy goodness. Oh, oh just, really? Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, <laughs> but that yeah. So that part I didn't I didn't think was done as well as it could have been. But the, I thought the main creature was pretty cool for the for the time, you know, and it was effective. What it's what it's got? Um, who's it? Walter, the uh, shopkeeper, mm-hmm. and he's like you know waving them back and forth. I I thought that looked really good. Yeah. Um. Once again, you get to see these characters. You get get a moment to introduce them. Um, yeah. There's a bit of foreboding as well with the fridge. Yeah. Oh, I'm being corrected. <laughs> I haven't kept up. Seven sequels and two TV shows. <laughs> Consider me told. Bloody hell. <laughs> oh, this thing. Oh, this thing just... So I, I will say, after I watched this movie, I was... The poster was a point of contention on the creator's... Wanted to really juke the audience. Oh, interesting. Yeah, um, that would make sense because that was the whole script at the start. We thought it was a serial killer. There was no indication until the uh, who is it, Ernie, the the farmer. Oh, let's see. Uh, Edgar, Edgar, no, not Edgar. Um, Fred. Sorry, Fred. Fred, Yeah, Fred. Yeah, yeah. With his head sticking out under the the hat. That's you don't great. really get an indication that it's not human. Right. No, yeah. we'll, we'll get Edgar. He's up the pole. We don't know what the hell's happened. Yeah. Um, I like, that's, I th- you know, that's a whole kind of premise. We're not getting it all spelled out. But yeah, the poster just gives it away. If I had it been yeah. um, some, uh, some sort of indication... In the movie at the start, you could understand the poster, but the poster just spoils it. Right. Yeah, for sure. Which could I, they have know, done something better? It's always a tough call for a movie studio because their main job is to sell tickets to it. And if you show more in the trailer and on the posters, you're more likely to get more people to come, but you do give away so much. Well, that's um, some directors refuse. Um, they actually sign a contract that they dictate what to give to the marketing department. Because that's a this thing's it's actually got worse because you basically you watch a trailer now and you've seen the entire movie. Yeah. You've no reason to actually go and see it. Yeah. So um I think Christopher Nolan's one that does it. He will not refuse or he refuses to release anything apart from the first third of the movie for yeah. the marketing department because he knows the marketing department will just use it all. Yeah, smart. I, I was just going to say, I bet like a director like Christopher Nolan or someone like that has enough clout where they could. Uh, you know, dictate what's going to be in the trailers, but I feel like for anyone else besides like a very you know few people that are elite directors, I feel like yeah they don't have but, any say. 
I, I, I'm not a fan. I worked in a marketing department for a year uh, in a data cleansing project, and I'm not a fan of marketers. They are the most sterile people on the planet. Yeah. Strange bunch. Um, <laughs> and you would think they'd be invested or have a bit of excitement about them. These people don't. It's all, really? they're actually, they're number crunchers. Like they're, they're basically uh, accountants. It's very, very strange. Hmm. Um, obviously you have the artist, you know, the, the artist side of marketing, the, the, the advertising source of like a little bubble within it, but generally marketing is all about numbers, um, numbers that, and they're soulless, that's, soulless that's, people. That's, that's interesting to me because you would think they would have to have an artistic approach to seeing what would people want to see or what would grab their attention. I feel like if they're not artistically this, creative. This is the thing about the entertainment industry, and I've yeah. talked about this a lot. You have the creatives and you also have the most on most risk averse gray people yeah. sort of married together the and i think we've talked about this before how do movies get made because this is a toxic relationship these two people do not belong together yet they're forced right. together in this weird corporate bubble right and somehow movies come out and tv shows come out because really it shouldn't happen because they're just right. too diametrically opposed but I also think that's why so many are, are done poorly because they, they don't mesh. Or they very rarely mesh well, you know? And we have seen as well um, with movies that the marketing is just done completely wrong. Yeah. And it actually spoils the movie. Yeah, and for sure. And then the movie suffers because it's being poorly marketed. Um, yeah. here's, um Would you say Tremors is a horror with a heavy comedic elements or... That's I'd a... say this is straight. This is a horror movie. Yeah, I was just going to say that myself. This this is a horror movie primarily. Yeah. The fact that we have quite a quite a bit of levity, um, I think it's what keeps it fresh and gives us makes us think unique. Yeah, I think there's enough comedy in it that makes you in like it just adds heart and fun to the the whole thing. I love when uh, Fred Ward's character was kept saying like, we need a plan. He loves plans. And like the whole movie emphasizing, Oh, it's a plan. It doesn't matter if it's good or not. It's a plan. But that's um, back to the scene with the, the fridge. So yeah. they're in the store. Um, Walter's there. And he says, could you take a look at it? And, uh, I was like, no, 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 we can't. We've got a plan. And then Fall's like, yeah, we've got a plan. That's why we don't do anything right now. And it turns out later on it's the fridge. <laughs> if they had to fix it there and then, a whole lot of stuff wouldn't have happened. Yeah, Walter would still be here. By the way, that scene with Walter where he gets eaten by the graboid through the floor, I thought of uh, your friend Stephen because there was one of the biggest editing mistakes I've seen in a long time. Um, he's grabbing onto the to the fridge, and uh, the, the creature comes up, but hasn't bitten him yet. And there's a scene where they 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 uh, zoom in on on uh, Walter, and there's blood coming out of his nose, and then the creature bites him, and then <laughs> like they just all they had to do is just reorder it, and it would have been fine. But uh, if if you happen to see that scene next time, just take a look at no, it. I'll have to re uh, relook at that. Um, I'm sure yeah, Stephen but, noticed it. Um, just back to that question about comedy and horror, right? Did you laugh yeah. at any of the deaths? Um. No, Amy, were you going, ha, 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 ha? No, no. That's, I think that's the fundamental difference. Yeah. So when a comedy, if it's a comedy horror, 
you like you know a lot of slasher movies not you're like oh he got his head cut off oh, yeah you know and you're you know i mean like i said back to the 2d characters are just blink, 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 and yeah. you're laughing at the kills where because i spent time making you like the characters that's that's where it gets flipped around yeah and i think that's the difference if you know yourself you're being guided to invest something in the characters if you're being told something about them the the filmmakers want you to go I want you to I want you to sympathize with this character or I want you to understand. Right. So that when it happens, it's more impactful. I mean you're left to okay, don't want them to I don't want anything to happen to them. Oh shit, you know what I mean? It's all that kind of thing. Yeah. Where if it's going the other direction, you're just like, oh, who's next? <laughs> you know. <laughs> the one character I would have laughed if he died was the boy. But yeah. uh, but now hearing his backstory, now I feel bad about rooting against him. The I kind of missed that actually. Yeah, they should have put that in somehow into this movie. Um, but yeah, that should yeah. have been maybe. Um, Ozzy Traversaga uh, as well in this. So, um, if there had been like a, a line or something, yeah, just one line. If there was, I missed, you know, oh, yeah, he acts up. Explain Rhonda would have been the good conduit for that. I was just gonna say because she was because, yeah, she's the outsider. So Somebody explained to her, yeah, he acts up because blah blah blah. We all kind of take him under our wing. Yeah. Um, but no harm, no foul at the end of the day. Yeah, um, it didn't ruin the movie. He yeah. wasn't that egregious. Because at the end of the, when um shit hit the fan, basically, he's like, <laughs> ah, you know, his whole mood changed. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we'll talk about the effects. Um like the graboids are still opposing. Like these are serious creatures. Yeah, I thought the effects were were excellent. The scale of it was excellent, and um, I just think the little heads coming out could have been different. But the, um, that's nit that's nitpicking. I mean, it it, it worked for me. We wouldn't be here otherwise. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> that and my terrible theories, which I have one whenever uh, you feel appropriate with this one. All right, but okay. um. <laughs> but yeah, I just thought maybe that aspect, but the actual creatures themselves, I, I agree. I thought it was done really well. Yeah, and um Yeah, ninety percent of this movie as well, it takes place during daylight. Yeah. That's when you know you've got a good horror movie. If you can still get that sense of dread and it's broad daylight, you know it's kind of done something uh, yeah. correctly there. So my thought on, on that, that's a good point. My thought on that, though, is that even though it was in the daylight, it, it acts in a way like it's at night because the creatures are underground, so they're hidden from sight, mm -hmm. and the creatures are in the dark. So It, it makes no difference to them, so day or night, yeah. it doesn't matter. And because you can't see the creatures and they can pop up anywhere, it, it kind of works the same way as a horror movie that is or does take place in the dark. Mm -hmm. It has all the same elements. So I thought that's one of the reasons it was successful. Because, you know, it's terrifying not knowing where it's going to strike. Um, so even though it's broad daylight, a beautiful day, blue sky, I mean, these things could be anywhere. So I, I like that. One thing I'm glad that didn't try and do was rig up some sort of portable um, seismograph. Yeah. You know, like aliens with a tracker. Um, yeah. I think that yeah, would have yeah. been silly. They used the seismographs just enough that, oh, these things are here. Oh, God, there's three of them. You know I mean? They're, they're already terrified of one, and then there's three of them. And then that was that's all it needed to do. I think right. if they had done something silly, like trying to wire up a handheld one or something, would have just been. I think I would have 
removed all the agency from the creatures and a lot yeah. of the horror. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it wouldn't have made sense, too, that she would have that kind of technology. Why would she need to have a portable one if she was just there measuring, you know, yeah. earthquakes? Yeah, definitely. So I just had a thought where it could have went, um, could have went wrong. But um, yeah. Yeah, and then we get this all sort of happening. Like, it just after the, the roadside scene with the construction workers, everything just ramps up. We've got yeah. this slow pace. Everything's building up. You know something's happening, and then, boom, we're straight in there. Yeah, and it flew at that point. But even, like, the beginning, I thought that it was paced so well. Because, like I said, every time the creatures came, they, they did more. They were more terrifying. Um, now they could take down a whole car. Then later on, they could take down the support structure of a house and the roof could collapse. So there's nowhere mm -hmm. safe. Uh, they get smarter later on. Like every time you see them, they're doing more and more. And I thought that really uh, worked well for the movie. Yeah, because it's, it's effectively it's an apex predator at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's adapted. You know what I mean? Uh, the Raven Sand was there before Records. So yeah. They're perfectly adapted to what to do. Um, but yeah, I just uh, I've I've lost count of the number of times I've watched this. I need to watch the sequels more. That's just uh, sometimes um, you know back to the straight the DVD days. You're like, oh god, not another one. <laughs> oh, I think we broke Chris. Oh dear, he's broken. Oh well, um, I'll just have to continue. But yeah, back to, if you remember back to the days of uh, like straight the DVD, they would make a sequel out of anything, and you're just like, ah. Oh. Again, really? Come on, guys! Knock in the head. You back? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You broke up. Yeah, sorry about sequels. They would go right to DVD. Yeah, um, like I said, there's just a ton of sequels to this, and uh, just back in that era, you know, there would be yeah. one successful movie, and then there'd be like ton of sequels, and they just got more ridiculous. You know, God, what was it? Uh, God, they would make a sequel or anything. Like we made sequels to Carrie, they made it the American Psycho. Uh, what was that another one? Uh, I forget. Neve Tyler was in it. Liv Tyler. Uh, or what's her face out of Scream? Uh, Dangerous Creatures or something. Uh, but you're asking the wrong person. I'm sorry. Yeah, that, like, <laughs> whole, yeah. Like, basically, yeah. all any movie that had a wee bit of a unique twist. They, that was his own thing. They'd have made ten freaking straight the DVD sequels. Just yeah, and they just got more and more wooden and ridiculous. <laughs> so the sad thing is, I after watching this one and enjoying it so much because I hadn't seen this in twenty years, I, I actually really want to see the these terrible sequels now. Well, two's I'm, good. I'm, I'm hooked. Yeah, I watched two not so long ago. Two's good. Two's a good follow up. Yeah. Um, I, I'm down if you're down, man. That that'd be a fun one. Uh, that's to sort of this could be a wee rabbit hole, doing it. Right, because I'm I'm doing the Peter Jackson series with yeah. L. We can yeah. do the Tremors um yeah. series. I'm, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So apparently, I looked it up. Uh, Tremors, Trevor Saga, senior on email the channel. Yeah, if you if you're using to be like really deep dive into this, so uh, I have to check out his channel or her channel, whoever's their channel later. You know. Yeah. I'll see what it's all about. If it's a full thing, but yeah, email the channel. Um, maybe we'll make out a wee uh. Fortnite feature, that'd be cool. 
That'd be fun. So after watching this, I, I did a, uh, a quick uh, view of all the trailers for all the sequels. Mm -hmm. And I saw that uh, Michael Gross, who plays the, um, uh, what, I forget his name, but he's one of the, he's, he's uh, one of the two people that are like armed to the teeth in that oh, house. Bert. Bert, Bert's, Bert's in this, like Bert's a recurring yeah, character. He, he's like the hero for like the rest he, of the. He takes the over. Film. Yeah. Which is awesome. Cause I thought he was great in this. Uh, I, re I really liked his. Uh, I'll not spoil the second one, but the kind of um, Kevin Bacon, I don't think returns for any of them. And no, but bit of um, it's a kind of explained in the second one, like the make that thing about it, and then obviously Heather doesn't come back. The, the discuss that in the second one. Oh, okay. So the, the they don't just leave it hanging. The, the kind of in the second one they go, okay, this has happened, that's happened. Doors sort yeah. of left open, if that makes sense. But yeah, and well, there's a lot of reason why they, they get involved. Interestingly, Kevin Bacon filmed a pilot for a TV show in 2018. I looked up. Uh, Tremors TV show and the pilot was filmed but it was never purchased sci-fi passed on it everyone else passed on it but um that could have been cool you know if it was done right obviously I guess it was or the studios didn't think well, it was we'll, we'll but... find out because there was two TV yeah. shows yeah that's true that's I guess true. we'll find out <laughs> it's interesting as well just seeing how um the first instincts of this communities to come together there is a difference between that and maximum overdrive because in maximum overdrive the first instinct was people to tear each other's throats right where this was you know you can tell these people they're used to relying on each other because yeah. of the nature of the land and they know they can't do it alone they've all got something to bring to the table yeah and they're used to pulling together and that didn't really get challenged even when they're in the store and they're sort of arguing, they weren't, I mean, you can tell they've had these arguments a hundred times that they'll just, um, they'll come together at the end. Yeah. There's something I really like about a small community like that because you literally have to rely on them. Like for example, Walter, he owns a, a like a, a store that's kind of an everything store, a general yeah. store. There's 14 people in this, in this town. You know, if one family goes on vacation, he loses like half his business, you know, so <laughs> like, like they literally have to rely on each other for financial survival and, and also for other uh, aspects. And uh, I really like that because you saw that uh, in this you know situation that they cared about each other, you know, um, which which was cool and opposite of uh, maximum overdrive, like you said. Yeah. And that's uh, what I mean. I mean, you see that happen. You're. You're invested in once again the characters, and that makes it that does make a world of difference, and it completely yeah. changes the tone of a movie. Yeah, yeah. Because sure. when you're not invested, don't care. Then you're just you're just looking at the kills. I mean, it's basically yeah, it's a slasher, it's an action movie, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong. They're, they're just different experiences, right? And that's that's what I love about the horror genre because you can have different experiences with different types of movie in this, yeah. this genre. Yeah. And I think they did a pretty good job considering the odds they were up against. I mean, they lost Walter and they lost a, another person, a grown up in town uh, through the, uh, the one who got sucked in through the tire. Oh yes. Um, God, I forgot his name. But outside of those two, I mean, they got both kids to, you know, survive. They, they saved, you know, everyone collectively saved the two kids. And um, I thought that other guy who was an older guy was going to get, uh, eaten. Um, 
I forget the guy's name, but he was uh, like an Italian guy. He had oh, like a... yes. No, are you talking about Miguel? Miguel, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Sp- I said Italian. Spanish guy, yeah, yeah, with the mustache. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was done for sure because he was just – he wasn't looking well. He looks like me after uh, I walk a mile. You know, he was just huffing and puffing, and he's like, oh, boy. He's not going to outrun these things. They, but they that did good. Makes, that makes sense as well because not everyone's like – you know, I know they're all <laughs> mid twenties, athletic, blah blah blah. Honestly, right? These are real people. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Excuse me, just one sec. I'll be right back. Yeah, so no sorry. worries. Um, yeah. Well, oh, what have we got here? Uh, on Melvin, the line about his parents was filmed, but just missed the cut. Uh, BTS videos on the real deal production show. The only regatta. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, sometimes it only takes one line of dialogue to explain something. I think the problem we've got today with filmmaking, um, that's why we're kind of going back. And it's not even by choice, because I try to check out new movies um, every week on this show. But the reason we're finding ourselves now going back is just the script writing, the characterization isn't there. And people over-explain. That's a major problem we've got today, that the... It wouldn't just be one line to explain Melvin's situation. It would be a whole dad tribe and a crayon scene or something like that. You know, it would take like 20 minutes. And you're kind of like, it doesn't need that. Sometimes just one line, there it's out there, something's explained. Less is more, if that makes sense. And they've kind of lost that art of uh, making movies that way. And I think, we're, I think we need to bring that bit a lot back, you know, uh, especially I've done a lot of interviews with indie filmmakers and I kind of bring that up as well you know less is more and that and don't fall into the trap and a lot of them get it you know a lot of the same guys you know uh, especially ones I enjoy and have reviewed they get it they, they try not to overload you with too much information you know, they're, they're telling a story at the end of the day not a, it's not a lecture you know, in, you're not reading a textbook and I think some of them do fall in that kind of category that they're they think they're they're teaching you a lesson going through a lesson plan as opposed to telling a story and they forget that um a character can do so much with a, a gesture without even making you know sometimes a nod or you know a look in a certain way or a hesitation can be all it takes for you to get the tone my apologies of what's been said oh, no worries no worries yeah i'll just explain how sometimes less is more and yeah, that seems to be forgotten today in filmmaking. Yeah, and the, the mistake a lot of makes just over explaining, just doing it to death, and then you lose the characterization. And like I said, sometimes a gesture, right? Like they didn't they didn't explain where the graboids came from, you know, which probably just wouldn't. Well, have they wouldn't have known. It. You know, I mean, there right. would be no yeah, reason yeah. for them to uh, find out why. And right. there was no reason for them to go and find the big lure, which is always, you know, <laughs> that's a bit cliche. Oh, the queen, the, the yeah, mother queen. Yeah, find the queen graboid here, <laughs> everything's safe. No, these are just three. We don't know how many there are, where they are. They've just encountered them. So you want to hear my terrible theory? I okay, let's have go for it. After that one per episode. So I think that this is... If you uh, say there's a killer clown inside, I'm going to laugh at you. <laughs> All right. My second theory. No, um, I think this is an anti-fracking movie. 
So fracking is this uh, controversial technique where uh, companies um, have running low on oil reserves. So what they do is they, they use high pressure systems deep underground and they basically create oil fissures. But what it does is it... Um, I thought it was it for shale gas. What's that? I thought it was for uh, shale gas. Oil or, or gas, yeah. So it creates fissures in the ground, which leads to earthquakes. It leads to poisoning the ground, the groundwater underneath. Uh, if it's not done correctly, it's really a major environmental thing. But you know, we need oil, we need gas. So well, it's like anything. If anything's not done correctly, um, <laughs> if, you, if you build a nuclear power plant, and you don't do it right, things go wrong. Yeah, exactly. So it reminded me a little bit of the line from Jurassic Park, where scientists uh, thought about could they do it and not should they do it. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of that aspect to it. But so I was no... wondering. There's no yeah. drill. If there had been drilling or something. Well, they don't show wh where the graboids came from. So yeah. I'm kind of wondering if it's if it's just like a, a message, you know, as far as they did this. Some company somewhere did fracking. It created this uh, underground. Um, it broke this barrier that these these creatures were living underneath and evolving over millions of years. And that's how they become intelligent. And now all of a sudden the barrier that was going to be there for another million years is now broken and they could come up to the surface and take revenge on whoever, you know, broke their environment and habitat. Mm, I think you're, I think you're stretching. I think you're kind of, that one, that's, that's a yep. bit of a killer kind of exosuit I get. This one's a wee bit of a stretch. Anti-fracking. <laughs> and this is what's wrong with modern storytellers. <laughs> Message first, story later. Yeah, yeah. yeah then again, that's a oh, uh, of course the studio wanted a scene explaining everything because how dare there be any mystery in a movie? That's what it, this is what I'm saying about the two. Um, oops, I've clicked something else. Uh, only four options: rock, mutation, space. They're demons. Sorry, I was trying to take that one off. <laughs> I brought that one up too quickly. <laughs> let, let me go back to this one. Um, yeah, this is what I'm saying about studios and creatives they're the two worst people to be together <laughs> yet somehow in the entertainment industry and not just film but music theater you name it um the money people the the artsy people just don't it's oil and water right they don't right. mix and yet somehow they're forced together into this industry yeah and it's weird and you can tell when the hissy fits start and everything else and yeah, uh, when the two one when one goes out of line too much, or the other starts interfering. How many times have we said, "When has the studio interfering in the movie been a good thing?" Oh, for sure. But I was trying to think of a, I was trying to think of a reason why the graboids would be so um, fixated some... on killing the humans. I mean, there no, were other sources. Of... Well, the 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 yeah, the sheep. Yeah, they did the... get the sheep, but it seems like they were so focused on this these these few humans. Yeah, the horse. The they they did get the horse, but there were those bulls they could have gotten. But Walter they, explained it. Yeah, they're in a dust. They're in a mountain bull. Oh, okay, that's true. They're kind of they're limited. busy. They're in, they're effectively in a, a a pond. Yeah, these are like that's pike. True. Right, these right, are like right. pike in a pond, and they've already eaten the flipping goldfish. They've already uh, eaten the shrimp. You know, what I mean, they're going for the koi now. You know, it's that sort of thing. Right, right, right. But where do they where do they come from? Couldn't they go back where they you know? Like there's something the... that caused them to emerge out of nowhere. Are you familiar with alligators and crocodilians in general? 
I'm not friends with any. No, but they can <laughs> yeah, hibernate. Yeah. yeah. They can yeah. hibernate for a year. Yeah. And yeah. not, you know, these are basically they're apex predators. Right. And they're not gonna if they've got a source uh, we saw it on the rock. Actually, with um Earl Val and Rhonda. Mm-hmm. It just sat and waited. Yeah. It wasn't chasing. It's like there's food there. I'm not gonna, you know, my apex predator is not gonna expand energy. It's like I'm not gonna go chasing food. There's food here, right? Yeah, I'm just gonna wait, lie dormant, like yeah. a, a crocodilian mole. Uh, if you honestly, um, if you want true horror, look at wildlife movies or uh, footage. Or look at, I, I watch a lot of YouTube channels with um, people that raise, you know, reptile folks and stuff. Um, especially the Florida, you know, a lot of ones in Florida, and they're brilliant. Um, yeah. I follow those guys, and they, just by keeping these animals and explaining about them, you can understand. You just take a bit of that and put it into a horror movie. Just ramp it up the eleven. Right, right. It's nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah. If you were in a, if you're in a body of water, and you're splashing about, the the crocodiles and they, you know, I mean, it's an opportunistic hunter, so it's just going to wait there. You're going to go past. It's going to go chomp. Yeah. But it's not going to go. If you like, if they'd left the valley, they're not going to chase them. Yeah, that was that's the whole a, point. That's a fair point, but I think if you find the original version of the script and the part that was edited out, it would have been fracking. Gotta get that message in. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> they made that movie. It was called Monster Trucks. I need to look that one up. Why am I not familiar with this? Well, wasn't Monster Trucks the original? I have yeah. failed. I have failed as a horror presenter. <laughs> There's still time. There's still time. <laughs> I, okay. Well, well, see, this is why you see you can't hide when you do it live. <laughs> see the people that do these edited videos, you know, I mean, hide all their mistakes. It's, it's, when you do it live, it's just like, yeah. no, don't have a clue. But I'll, I'll find out. <laughs> So, yeah, tomorrow's video of YouTube will have an added scene of you explaining what Monster Trucks is. That's all. Yeah, I'll do a review on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but that's just keeping these things simple as just apex predators who yeah. rather land dormant, happen to be in the air, you know, and it was that time they woke up. We don't know. And that's the mystery. Yeah. And that's what creates the dread. When you don't know what you've done, to have the monster come after you. Yeah. That's the beauty of the horror genre, where if it was a pure sci-fi movie, everything would be explained. Yeah. If it you... was a fantasy movie, it would be a magic spell. Horror, yeah. you've got this chance. That, and that's the unease. That's the what I'm trying to explain to you about this genre, is it's that feeling of unease, the not knowing that you're not safe, you're not tip of the iceberg anymore. Right. Top of the food chain. That's the whole point of the horror genre, is to take that feeling away from you. Yeah. And your mind will race and try to fill in the blanks. And we actually see it with these guys. They had a whole conversation about what they could be. Right. As ordinary people that nobody knows. And that that and you saw how animated those co- uh, conversations got because there were there was characterization. If it had been just wooden planks given a you know a dad tribe, you wouldn't have cared. Right. But you actually saw the terror in these could it have been this, could it have been that? Why are they coming here? Why now? What do we do? They don't, you know, I mean, and you got that through the whole community. 
And it was organic to that conversation, mm-hmm. too, because I think it happened when they were stuck on the rocks, which made sense. They're going to be there for hours. You know, they, they would have time to talk about it. I think some horror movies where they try to have those discussions about the origins of the aliens or whatever, they're doing it while they should be thinking about survival. So I think that was uh, handled well. And you're right. I think it had they explained it, whatever the explanation was wouldn't have been as successful as not explaining it because like you said, the unease of not knowing worked really well. Uh, as a viewer, I have a hard time just shutting my brain off and not thinking about these things, but no matter what they ex- the explanation was, it would have been less successful. So yeah, you're, you're that's, right. That's the whole idea. Your brain, yeah. your brain can think of a hundred things more that come up. You know what I mean? The what's put in screen in front of you is only one interpretation, one vision. Yeah. And it's not always going to be the same as a thousand people. You know, you get a thousand people, you show them an image, and they'll you get almost a thousand different answers. Right. That's just you know, that and that's the beauty of art because it it makes you think, it makes you emote, it makes you imagine. Because then yeah. if you imagine, you don't know where having a healthy imagination is the best thing ever. For sure. Um, it's just a shame that so many people now just don't they. They want to be fed, you know, everything explained for them. You see it now today with movies, everything has to be explained. It's all safe and sanitized, no wonder, and just blandness. Yeah. But we see, not even like we have not really talked about effects or massive stage scenery or anything else. This is actually a really simplistic film. Yeah. In terms of the setting. It's the characters and the script that's actually what makes this work. 100%, yeah. And you can see even from the budget, you know, limited budget, yet they, they maxed it out. They they used it very well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's all you need, you know. Um, like even the horse riding scene. Like, you already got the idea that these guys could just handle anything. That's just the way they were. So, right. of course, they were going to saddle up horses correctly. Of course, they were going to get on horses. They already mentioned that they dealt with stampedes and cows, so they were cowboys. You know what I mean? They've, they've helped herd cows because that's everyone just jumps on, gets on a horse, and goes and does it. You know, it's that right. sort of community. Yeah. And without them, you know what I mean? Without getting into the lengthy explanations, it just gets demonstrated that, oh, right, we've got two horses. Okay. Look, and they're checking the hooves and everything else before the start. You're seeing just those that little scene of expertise. Yeah, they know what they're doing. You're up against competent people, which then makes the horror more horrifying because these aren't idiots, right? That's something that the the movie does really well. Is these are not two morons. Yeah, the banter, the the bounce off each other, but at the same time, have they slacked off, ever slacked off one of the jobs they're on? No, yeah. And when they're doing things, it's they're being competent at it, even when they got spread with shit. You know what I mean? From the early yeah. tank. <laughs> That was just a misfortune, but it wasn't deliberate. Right. It wasn't them being incompetent. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And they're definitely valued members of the community, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, as I said, when you see that across the board, that's even the doctor's death. You know what I mean? We met the doctor briefly when he uh, looked at Edgar and diagnosed that he died of dehydration, and then I thought everyone scratching their head going, Hello, he would have had to been up there, and everybody knew about dehydration because they live because of the lifestyles they lead. They know that if they go off the reservation, they have to take water, 
right. that you know, I mean, they know how long it takes for somebody to dehydrate. The fact that they all they were able to have that conversation as well, yeah. And the doctor didn't explain to them like they were morons, right? 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 Do you know what I mean? You get this level of confidence, and then because you have that, it makes it more. Uh, the gravitas of the the characters then so it hits you a wee bit more you're like holy crap yeah you know the fact that they feel overwhelmed and in danger like no they shouldn't be they should be able to handle us oh dear these are really dangerous creatures yeah absolutely and yeah. that's uh that's just a simple um you know just simple script writing that was nothing to do with special effects right just little little moments here or there mm-hmm. uh, just, ex, you know, explains so much about the characters. Like you said, the horse riding, you don't have to, you know, harp on it for too long of a scene. But now you get the idea that they're proficient. They know what they're doing. And uh, right. The way the doctor speaks to them, they're not idiots. Yeah, you're right. Little moments here or there convey a lot about the character without overdoing it. And then the doctor's character wasn't wasted either because then he was at his house later on. They're building that yeah. we'll find out they just moved there. Right, right. And then obviously, that, you know, I mean, once again, that attack was horrible. You know, you weren't going, yay, got them. You're like, oh, shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Even the wife, like, thinking she was safe in the car. Right. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was no uh, running in the basement, as you say, you know, <laughs> of like typical heart. Like, there was no idiot move. Like, you know, like these characters weren't uh, in, in a haunted house running into the basement to get away from the creature or, you know, opening the book of, uh, of, the, of the damned. Like they yeah. were all, you know, realistic, you know, um, intelligent people that just came up upon a foe they couldn't beat, you know? Yeah, and that's, that's it. Um, obviously, the comedic element was uh, Bert and Heather. But even they proved to be, you know, competent. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Although the with that shit out in the basement, they wouldn't have had eardrums left. <laughs> That's a good point. I forget. Did they put anything on their ears? I don't think so. Right? No. No. Right? Yeah. That was only the that was the daft scene because like by rights the both <laughs> would have no you know I mean both bleeding, especially when that elephant gun you know I mean they would. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That's a good point. I, I I know it's a trope in a lot of these survival or horror movies to have that one person or in this case a couple that have you know guns and they're like uh, you know they're preparing for the worst they have bunkers underground and everything like that but I think it worked really well and I happen to love those people because in an actual alien invasion that's where I'm running I'm going mm-hmm. to those people's houses I don't know anything you know just not the Cloverfield Lane though <laughs> I haven't seen that one. I haven't seen that um, one. Uh, what's his face? John Goodman? I didn't see that one. He plays a terrifying character, even though it's George R. Abrams. Um, <laughs> it's actually a good... The problem is it got lumped into the Cloverfield thing very loosely. That could have served just as well as a standalone movie. Okay. And John Goodman's character in that is terrifying. Huh. And he's, he, but he's... He, just think of it like misery, but it's post-apocalyptic misery. Okay. You know Stephen King's misery? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I just okay. think, just think he's a. <laughs> but there's uh there's movies like um, oh my gosh, the uh, um, like the Independence Day, where there's that one character who has guns, and or there's the Last of Us just had that same trope of the guy who collects guns and and you know thinks the worst is going to happen, and then it does, 
and he's the only one that survives. Uh, I mean, a lot of movies have it, but I yeah, think but it even there, well. they had these were likable. They were part of the community, so even though they had right. their thing, they weren't imposing. Like, yes, they had a reinforced basement. They had a lot of canned and dry goods, but at the same time, they weren't. They're just traded and interacted as normal. Everybody knew them, right? And they, they had a wee poke about their lifestyle, but at the same time, it wasn't egregious, right? Where today there had to be some sort of comment made, you know, it'd have to be either right or wrong. Uh, yep, they'd have to be a Republican or something. You know, they would have to be some sort of don't comment. Start, don't bring yeah. your don't, don't <laughs> do especially dummy Pakistani politics. Fucking that's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But I'm, no, I'm saying uh, whatever, uh, whatever, whatever side you. I blame wrestling for everything. Yeah, but I'm saying they would have to pick a side. The movie would have to yeah. make. Yeah, it'd have to be a for yeah. or against, not just the fact that yeah. we've got these and with all different people mixed together they're just just come yeah. to this place they live together they harmonize without preaching yeah can be done yeah that was that was another great aspect that if they did make the movie today it would be different um yeah bert like i said he'll you'll see him all the way through from i'm, I'm looking over. forward to it yeah he, yeah, he does get more ridiculous. He's just so funny. <laughs> this becomes like um any of these vice I've I've definitely seen four of them. It's just been ages. You know, oh, you know when you stick them you. on and you're like, Yeah. Um it's been so long. But it, it kind of goes a wee bit short, you know. Okay, I'm I'm here for it. But it's like Annie, you know, <laughs> you start off, it could be scary, but then that runs out. So what do you do? You then turn to the comedy aspect, because right. when you've had all the jump scares, when you've had the terror, that you can't really you can only really ramp that up so much. Yeah. You become oversaturated, and it doesn't work. So that's where any long run run franchise has the sort of take a turn and go. Okay, we'll have to go to the ridiculous side that they make it a fun character. Um, right. Ever Elm Street, classic case. Dream Warriors. That's where we saw the switch. Um, Friday the Thirteenth. Part six onwards, they were starting to, you know, get that idea. They were okay. There's um, Halloween. I'm I'm probably annoyed a lot of people. Halloween's the worst franchise for me. It's uh, the one I least like because they couldn't decide whether Michael Myers was human or a monster. That the cap, they couldn't commit to it. Hmm. So they kind of had him teetering on either side, and then the did all these remakes and over explained as usual and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, God, what was it? Not the third, the fourth one where he's living in a basement or something. You know, just had him with a camp bed and stuff. Hmm. And then they put him back to supernatural creature, and they couldn't decide. Um, that's where these. That's where they go wrong. To me, Halloween's were a long run franchise where you have the scares, plus then certain around the movie that's nothing to do with the franchise as well. Oh, like um, Freddy versus. Uh... Oh no, um, Halloween three. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Halloween three season the witches is completely its own story, and they just inserted it to give it the name. Oh, okay. Where they could have just called it Season of the Witch, and that would have been a brilliant movie on its own. Oh, that reminds me of House three, which wasn't in a house. Yeah. <laughs> See, you know what I mean? The, the yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're kind of yeah you're watching House three going. What the hell? This isn't like the others. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, um 
it all just sort of that you know when it comes into the time, like I said, it all just ramps up and goes like ballistic, and we'll get it. The semi trailer, the truck loader, and the track loader and semi trailer thing. That should have been the end of it. You know I mean that should have been everybody saved, sailing the sunset, job done. Oh, you think it would have worked better as a movie? No, that way? it, it oh, should oh. have been in all in all respects of a typical trope laden movie yeah. of any sort. That should have been it. Yeah, we got it, we're saved. But the man needs to do that and then ramp up the terror again, showing that these things think. Yeah, I thought that was done really well. And I love the uh Bert arguing with them like what the heck? We just left uh, our armored uh, house where we could have made a stand, and now we're in the middle of the. But the, the completely missing the point that they crashed into their reinforced basement. Like their basement was the strongest part. Right, right. But I, I love that kind of, uh, you know, conflict between the because they were they were arguing, but they were still they still cared about each other, and they were still coming together as a community. Yeah. Well, back to the pole vault yeah. thing as well. I forgot to bring that up. Oh yeah, Val and sure. Earl like they they go straight into their old argument that they've had since Asnodium, right? And they forgot Rhonda was there, so they just got locked in that. No, you you say we should have a plan all the time. Sometimes you just need to go with the flow, and it just became about that. Yeah, yeah. And Rhonda had to step in and do something because she realized that these two were just. This is, they've done this a hundred times. It's their old argument. Neither of them's going to back down. Neither right. of them's going to convince the other, but they're going to keep doing it to the day to day sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I love like they have this uh, this thing where they go back and forth and they have this competitive streak in them. But at the end of the day, like they they definitely care about each other. And I think it's exemplified in that one scene where they do rock paper scissors. But then who's it Val like elbows Earl in the stomach yeah. and then runs, you know, like he's he's doing that in my mind because he But he would... did Earl did paper and Val did rock, so Earl technically won. And then yeah. he told him, Yeah, I won, and he's like, Yeah, okay. <laughs> and then um, yeah, hold him like yeah, yeah, these you know what I mean, it's just um Yeah. Maybe the winner got to stay. I didn't think about that, that's true. But I, but I love the fact that that shows like they, at the end of the day, they do care about each other. And I, I genuinely felt like Val was doing that because he did think he was a little faster, but he genuinely, you know, doesn't want to see his friend get eaten. You know, like he, he's, he'd rather take the risk, you know, they've been all preachy. This is something youngins today could learn from this movie. Yeah. Yeah. People can be completely deaf, you know, being diametrically opposed People can have completely different viewpoints and still be the best of friends. It happened. Absolutely. It, it used to happen. Yeah. Because if you see frigging camera and I go out at times on this, and <laughs> I trust that man on my life. <laughs> the end yeah. of the day, um, the thought of something happened to him as well would break my heart. You know, he's my best mate. But That's we, awesome. We just get loggerheads, you know what I mean? And certain things, it's just like, Gah. yeah. Yeah. That's so, what makes. Makes life interesting. If everyone felt the same, it'd be pretty boring. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But I like that yeah. scene at the end. I, th I feel like uh, it was a twist because you think like they're, they're safe, they did it, and then all of a sudden the creatures created that, uh, that trap for them. And then everyone's scrambling to get to the rocks, but now they're 
really far away from safety. I, I thought that really worked worked well. And the fact is, they were back in the same position as Edgar at the start of the movie. Right. You know I mean, if you think about it, just the, yeah. instead of climbing up a, a pylon, they climbed onto some rocks. Yeah. And I'm surprised nobody brought him up. Because uh, um, there's a line of, you know, that could have explained, oh, right, we're now back in the same position. As, now we know well, how Edgar feels. They did say that when it was the three of them, when it was Rhonda and the two guys, and right before they pole vaulted, they did say something like, oh, I guess this is what happened to Edgar or something like that. True enough, yes. Yeah, yeah. So they didn't need to do it again, you know what I mean? The, right. But then they would find themselves, the whole the whole town effectively, stranded on a rock. But... Yeah. It might have worked better if they had saved it for the end, so then the whole mm -hmm. town could, could uh, you know, comment on it. But they, they did at least bring it up. Yeah. It's just interesting that that's where they find themselves. Yeah. Where normally something like that should have been safety and a story. So you're like, where the hell is this going to go now? You know, I remember watching it for the first time and I was like, bloody hell, this is um, twisted and turning and they're never yeah. getting away from these things. And you know what else I thought was cool was um, the fact that there was that scene at the bunker where they round after round, they shot at this creature and it, it took like a long time to actually, you know, get through. And I thought that that's what that was effective, because now at the end, you're like, well, they don't have nearly as much ammunition as as the the two, the couple did. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, by having that scene and showing what it takes to kill these things, now you're showing kill one that, of them, by the way, to kill one of them. Now you have two without that ammunition. I thought that yeah. was that was cool. Yeah. And even the did manage to demonstrate as well when they're on the roof. And Bert was shooting with the elephant gun, right? Which he used to finish up by shooting it straight in the mouth, but hitting it on the side did nothing. Especially through the dirt, it had yeah. no effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really that was well done. It was it was very thought out. Like the director paced it really well, you know. And uh, every scene was important. Imagine getting a clever movie. Yeah. <laughs> Without doing too much effort, just with a wee bit of characterization. Yeah. Um, it just uh, it's it's mind blowing, isn't it? That the fact you can go, yeah, this is this is what you do, and this is why it holds up. That's why you can stick it at the fucking DVD player twenty three years later or stream it again and be yeah. like, this is a good movie. It's I'm 30, enjoying myself. It's thirty three years later. Thirty three. Yeah. Nineteen ninety. Oh shit. Yeah, crazy, oh, right? Shit. I'm old. I know. Me too. I'm with you. I'm with I you. I was old when I watched this. I wasn't, you know what I mean? Uh, do you know what's really frightening is when you're looking back and going, I must have been a kid when I watched this. Oh shit, no, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, uh, do you know what though? <laughs> now, the ending scene with the cliff, we kind of saw it coming. Yeah, for it sure. Was, um, we knew it was going to be something like that. It should have been really, in the scheme of things, it should have been contrived. It should have been cheesy. Yeah. Well, if they made the movie nowadays, they would have had Rhonda as the hero. She'd be the the girl boss, as you like to say, and she would have been the one the one doing it. But it wouldn't have worked as well because the whole but Rhonda was a girl boss, and that's that's what annoys me actually because they try to you don't write off Rhonda's character. Because she did the pole vault, she took on one of the things. She got wrapped around in bloody barbed wire. Like that would have hurt. 
she did. I thought she was an equal to the rest of them. She didn't Absolutely. take. She didn't take over. Like no. I feel like if the movie was made now, she which was would... no damsel in distress either, which is what people try to perpetuate from all right. the movies. Right. Pre Jennifer Lawrence. I, I right. That's yeah. right. You know what I mean? Because nobody else, <laughs> nobody else was in movies before her. Yeah. But I mean, like I feel like nowadays she would have been the one running. Uh, you know, she would have elbowed the guys and ran to the to the the, the tractor. Mm -hmm. uh, she would have been the one with the final kill, and it wouldn't have worked as well. Because I think the, the one of the underlying uh, reasons this movie is successful is that friendship between Val and Earl, and that competitiveness, but also that they care about each other, and the fact that uh, Kevin Bacon's character Val was the one to do that and he even says i have a plan you know like it connected yeah to it was like i'm coming over yeah. to your side of thinking though it was that sort yeah. of a meeting of the minds like they miss yeah yeah that's to me that was what made the movie most successful was their their friendship you know yeah because that was the central that was the central point yeah of the whole movie was there to their bond right their bond exactly and uh what you can go through if you're you know if you genuinely care about someone, right? What you can go through together. The fact is, Rhonda ended up stepping up beside them, and was not. You know, what I mean, she was a, she was a character once again because they spent so much that that ten minutes at the start of the movie is what made all the difference. Yeah, ten minutes out of the movie, you didn't feel you're like you were being cheated. You didn't feel like they were dragging it out. All it did was set up the characters and the community. So that you got invested in everybody involved. Yeah. Ten minutes. Right. What's that out of a movie? Yeah, nothing. And this yeah. didn't need have to be in a two and a half hour long bloody thing. It's still done in 90 minutes. Yeah. The perfect length, uh, I thought the movie was. <clears throat> it was timed really well. Paced. Yeah. Really well. So you had the pace. So just taking that wee bit of time, building up attention, but it had purpose. Everybody had purpose. Everyone was brought in with purpose. Yeah. So you know who everybody is, but they're um, like even Rhonda when she first meets them, they're like, ah, you know, there's that whole joke, it's a girl. Ah. And then um, she's talking away. And then because Val wasn't, you know, given it, she realized she had the sunscreen in her nose. And then she's like, oh dear, I'm looking like a, you know, yeah. just that we, those little touches of, oh, right, that, that was my first interaction sort of thing. Right, um, right, right. But the blossom and romance didn't ha just happen as well because I hate it when that becomes so contrived. I always hated the love interest. Yeah, uh, especially insert, in this type insert love interest character just for the sake of it. I hate that trope in any movie. It's boring. Yeah, especially in in a survival or horror movie where it's like their only thought would be survival. They wouldn't yeah. be thinking about let's let's hide in the closet and for a quickie. You know, like no, it was a shared experience you. brought them together. Um, yeah, but even the scene where she took off her jeans because the thing was wrapping her, she right? Took, that wasn't even sexualized, right? Right, it could have been, but it was just a case of right, practical, right, do it, boom, yeah. And you were actually saying about a trust her because obviously, bloke tells you to take off your clothes if you're a woman in the situation, you're like there could be connotations there or vulnerability, and the fact that right. bro, right. Let's get you saved, and then once you get into the store, they find something her size, you know, bandies up yeah. her wounds. It was done tastefully. Yeah, you didn't lose. She didn't get reduced to a love interest. So right. when we saw their romance blossoming, it was equals meeting. Yeah, well, we I think any more movies we don't see. You know, when characters behave realistically, 
it adds so much credibility to the movie. And I think that's uh, that scene is exactly it. They would she wouldn't have been giving him a look. She wouldn't have cared. Like, just get me out of these pants because I'm going to get eaten by this thing. Otherwise, yeah. if I don't. And that was it, you know, and, and so it was just handled very realistically, which as a viewer just makes you buy into the whole crazy premise of what's mm -hmm. going on. Yeah. Because that's uh, I've said this before, but movies, if you have that grounding in reality, then you can accept the abnormal because when you have the normal to hold on to, then yeah. when the crazy things happen, you're like, oh, that's not right. Yeah. But when people forget to put that base layer on of normal people doing normal things with normal limitations and normal interactions, then when things go sideways, you kind of you, you miss it. Yeah. And that should be the YouTube short. <laughs> That's it. We Probably. made a good point. We finally made a good point an hour and 15 minutes in. <laughs> sure. But it's true. true. It's true. Yeah. When's this channel being about making points? Come on. Enjoying these movies or ripping them apart, depending on what they're be, because it's it could be yeah. either or. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's good sometimes to jump on the nostalgia train and realize, ah, that was about shit, actually. Yeah. Because sometimes movies get overhyped over time and they become a meme. That's the worst thing about the horror community today is a lot of movies are just a meme now and people haven't actually seen them. But they'll share the memes, they'll know the characters. Yeah. And uh, that's it. And then you revisit one of these movies, you're like, God, ah, oh, yeah. what, ah. Oh. But it's, it's amazing um, how your perspective changes on a movie over time. And uh, and that must be difficult for a director because, you you know, it depends what audience you're going for, but it's going to be perceived so much differently from a younger audience than an older one. Like, I remember liking Tremors when I saw it 20 years ago, but I have much more appreciation for it now, which you'd mm -hmm. think it'd be the opposite because special effects and storytelling is supposedly advanced. I don't think it has, but you know what I mean? Like, it's just interesting that I would appreciate it more now than i did back then but it works the other way too like a movie like maximum overdrive or another you know movie that you loved as a kid and now you see all the holes in it um i know star wars for you <laughs> you know um so it's just interesting you're how always gonna get that thing in don't you like, <laughs> you're like come back to the club <laughs> come back to the club and i'm like no i'm done <laughs> but it's just interesting how you know different ages your own you know your own viewpoint changes on it you know? okay but that's life if you're the yeah. same person you were 10 years ago have you done anything with your life it's true if i'm the yeah. same person in 10 years from now that i'm now yeah i've done yeah of course your perspective is going to that's all part of growing and you don't stop yeah. people seem to think you get that point and that's it it's like no see until the minute you kick the bucket life's an adventure yeah and I feel sorry for someone that doesn't see it that way because um, why are you going to write off half your life? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be like, I want to revisit this in 10 years' time. Go, what the hell was I thinking? Do you know what I mean? If I'm on to something else or what? I'm coming up. Yeah. Yeah. And something that I watched 10, 20, 30 years ago, yeah, of course, it's going to be a different view. But the beauty of this movie is 30 odd years down the line, it's still good. Yeah. Still really enjoyable. Yeah, you have appreciation for different things, but bloody yeah. hell, it stands up. Which is amazing as a director to, and everyone involved, that they were able to make something that is still likable, is still effective this many years later. Yeah. Yep. But yeah. we're going to spoil this now because we're going to 
do the sequels. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just going to watch it descend into farce because it really does. <laughs> Are you God, saying what was the one? There's one with Bert and a helicopter. I can't remember what one it was. Tremor Saga, tell me what's the one with Bert and a helicopter shooting flipping. Did he have a bazooka in RPG or something daft? But he's like just ends up in a helicopter. Like one of the, not a not even like a full military one. It's like we whirly bird. <laughs> sort of going, ah, shooting out of it at the graboids. I think that sounds had, awesome. Yeah, and I don't know if it had legs or wings at this point because they end up with legs and wings and stuff. Ah, oh, don't spoil it. I didn't the, know that. Come on, they're gonna <laughs> right. Do you think they're just gonna stay the same? They're, of course they're gonna flip and get tentacles and I figured they were just going to get bigger, and then there's going to be a like a giant one, like a skyscraper. A skyscraper. Have you seen the Critters series? I saw the first one, I think. Years. Oh, ago. you haven't seen the second one then? No, no, no. Oh god! Right. That's. Uh, I have such. A, I have so such sights to show you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm psyched to see these sequels. I think we should just keep watching it until we. Uh, Told you, Trevor's five. So I've seen five of them. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah, Bert's <laughs> shooting something out of a helicopter, just going. <laughs> just, you're like, you'll do me, son. <laughs> I say we watch these sequels till we run this idea into the ground. Absolutely, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, so on that point, it's well, yep. <laughs> that was for you, Stephen. That was for Stephen out there. Stephen's in New York right now. In fact, he's in your neighborhood. Oh. You should have told me. Only find out today. I knew they were heading, but I couldn't remember the exact dates either. I'm a color weird neck of the woods now, so immigration huh. let them in. So stand by. Yeah. <laughs> Party time. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there we go. Um, great movie. A lot That's of fun. Awesome. Thanks for recommending. Um, now we've got a rabbit hole to go down, so this will be a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah, this is awesome. Um, thanks to everyone in the chat. Brilliant. Always good to see you. It's always good to get into. You know, get people's perspectives and uh, conversations. Yeah, that's what we're it. all about here. And we will be back again um, soon. Uh, I know if a couple of things come up. Definitely October. October once again, chock full of all sort of goodness and fun as it is in this channel. And we'll throw random things in as well. So as usual, keep up the the channel, do the techie clicky things. And until next time, keep it creepy, keep it horrific.